Okay, welcome to another episode of IJS Speaks. This is your neighborhood financial economist, KD Mark. And uh, today is November 24th. It's almost, yeah, let's call it 9.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the Asian markets are, are underway. And uh, let's go ahead and pop on over to the dashboard. And let's see if we can get some kind of an idea of what the uh, what the market sentiment is. So okay, so looking at the dashboard, I'm looking at the dollar index, ten-year treasury, gold, the S&P 500, E-mini futures, and crude oil. So overall, the dollar has been flat. Looking back about a week, same can be said for the 10-year treasury. The only charts you see some kind of inflection in are the riskier assets, gold, stocks, and energy commodities. And frankly, it seems like investors have been selling gold to uh, to invest in in other riskier assets. So gold has seemed seems to have taken on the role of a funding instrument uh, in financial markets. Um, so we see persistent selling in gold even on days when the dollar is down. So at that point, the dollar and gold are. Are, uh, their correlations are positive and they're moving in the same direction. So uh, gold no longer moves or trades like a risk asset and begins to trade more like a safe haven or a liquidity asset comparable to the dollar or U.S. Treasuries. Meanwhile, stocks are making record highs. Um, the Russell, I think, today made all-time high. Uh, the Dow, I think, closed or traded at or above. At or above or uh, closed above 30,000, I would be, I, I want to say. Um, so there seems to be momentum behind uh, risk assets equities in particular and uh, the narrative seems to center around enthusiasm of market participants for the Biden administration and the way that it's shaping up with the with the uh, the current cabinet nominations that um, or cabinet proposals suggestions that um the, the biden administration is uh is uh is floating so far but uh okay so back to financial markets right where it actually matters um looking at the chart of the dollar with the sideways movement okay 
I interpret that as a lack of conviction with international investment flow. So in other words, investors aren't moving their money into the United States or out of the United States. So investments are being made in local currency wherever they are without too much cross-border flows. Similar idea with the 10-year treasury. It's been trading fairly sideways. Investors are are signaling that they believe the instruments are fairly priced um, and reflects all available market information. Even though, interestingly enough, um, looking at the first couple candles at the beginning of trading on uh in the Asian session on the 10-year treasury um, the the price gap down so going into the Asian and European sessions uh, it would be interesting to see if that momentum that pushed that gap in the price holds or if we get the typical price pattern after a gap where the price tends to trade backwards in an attempt to close the gap so um, that'll be worth looking at um, as the uh, as the Asian session progresses and more specifically as the European session uh, comes around comes online um, specifically for me because I have um, Oh, I finally finally got around to opening uh, a couple options positions um, going into the uh, trading week. Um, I carried forward the futures positions and the spot currency. The uh, spot currency position that I had uh, from the previous week. Um, I was able to do a little bit of trading around the positions, um, still looking at corn and still looking at the euro US dollar uh, futures. Uh, the Canadian dollar, after a bit of whipsawing, um, I was able to finally have a profitable trade. So, uh, that being said, I feel like. Uh, my ability to take a pulse of the forex market needs to be uh, needs to be further sharpened. So um, I'll keep uh, I'll keep uh, trading I'll keep trading the uh, forex market, um, but more so as a uh, as a thing to do on the side and unnecessarily as uh, in in an explicit pursuit of uh, of capital gains, it's more so practicing and sharpening my technical analysis skills because the markets are so liquid. Uh, so yeah, it's I look at it more as practice, but as far as seeking capital gains. Um, Personally, I like the way options are structured in, 
especially from a money management standpoint, simply because you know exactly what your risk is at the onset of the trade, which is simply what you paid for the option. Um, compared to spot forex, which I trade, and also uh, futures, which I trade, which simply will erase your balance as long as you let the trade run. Um, so as long as there's money in the account with the uh, with the futures or the spot forex positions, um, if the trade's running against you, it'll just keep running, just keep eating up your balance. At least with the options you know what your max loss is going in it helps you with your money management um it helps well not not so much risk management but at least from a money management standpoint you can you can stagger out your trades to uh to improve your odds of success um while limiting or at least um being cognizant of your your maximum exposure at any given point in time so um so with the uh so looking at the trade book um i mentioned the the options positions that i that i put on so again earlier in the day i uh i was i was looking at a chart of the s p 500 um it was setting up a breakout I was able to trade it with a uh, call option on the E-mini S&P 500 futures. Uh, it's a very short trade. I was in and out of the trade in maybe 20 minutes, but it was a profitable trade. Um, and then towards the end of the session, going into the overnight, uh, I put on a straddle on the SPY, which is the ETF that tracks the S&P 500. And I um, did one on gold as well. Well, on on GLD, which is the ETF that tracks uh, tracks gold. And the idea behind that is momentum, because in both of those markets there has been momentum in recent uh, recent days, recent trading sessions. With gold, the momentum has been to the downside. With the S and P 500, the momentum has been to the upside. The approach that I take with the options and entering uh, this type of a market is basically there is already movement in the market and I expect or anticipate that momentum to continue. So I set an entry point or I set an entry, I set a trade um that gives me both upside and downside exposure which are you know a simple straddle or in some cases a strangle and the straddles if if the options are are closely priced then i'll just go with a, a market straddle and just to just to open the position and uh you know set my uh set my break evens but if I see the market is moving and there are pricing mismatches between calls and puts, then I will opt for a strangle versus a straddle where, where there is some 
uh, there is some some difference or distance between your call strike and your push strike but same concept um, market goes up or down um, a certain amount and one contract expires worthless the other one hopefully <laughs> is in the money and you get to um, profit from that or worst case scenario the price settles at expiration between your two strikes and both contracts expire worthless or worthless at your maximum loss which is whatever you paid for both contracts so um and again with my options positions uh, I typically go for short expiration, so um, the analysis in my mind is good for this trading week. So even though I did not enter the positions until late into the Tuesday session, um, going into the, the uh, Wednesday session in Asia, uh, I, I won't necessarily extend out or look for longer dated expirations the trade the exposure the the strategy is to assume the exposure within the trading week and capitalize on that exposure within that week and be out of the exposure at the end of the week in order to to um to do your analysis over the weekend and uh reset for the uh, next trading week so um Options trading, at least for, for my approach, is more tactical than anything else. It's all about basically scalping markets. And I like, for instance, the ETFs because overnight they don't... Well, one, they're a little bit cheaper than doing options on features. But overnight, they, uh, they don't reprice even though you can you can uh you know even though the uh the the price of the option of the of the underlying the etfs will move in some cases uh like the spy or gld which they they uh they trade 24 hours the options themselves do not reprice until the new york um session is open and they stop trading at the end of the new york session so Overnight, the underlying will move, and at market open, I like to, uh, I jokingly refer to it as uh, the instrument going into a jump condition, where you have the options price automatically repricing at market open for the underlying that has been moving overnight, and when it reprices in my favor it looks good because all of a sudden your portfolio is up 10 15 18 percent you know at market open but sometimes you know it goes against you um but again in anticipation of pr the price moving and not necessarily the price moving in a specific direction doing the uh, straddles and strangle straddles or strangle strangles approach um gives you an opportunity to take advantage of price moves to the upside or price moves to the downside and for the options traders that are into the, the more layered spreads um similar risk profile similar not the same but similar risk profile for a uh 
a condor or even an iron condor let's call it an iron condor you know or even i mean butterflies are i mean similar concept but it's just so anyway straddles and strangles similar concept to an iron condor um as I think the only benefit to the uh, to the iron condor versus just an outright straddle or strangle is just the uh, the cost of the exposure. So with these straddles and strangles, you're only buying one call and one put. So you're paying full price for both contracts. The iron condor, you're buying vertical spread, so call spread and a put spread. And you're offsetting the cost of your long exposure by selling an option and bringing in premium to offset the uh, premium you're paying for the for your long exposure. Uh, the downside, of course, is the transaction cost. You just went from two contracts to four contracts, and in most cases, you have to pay a commission. On both the buy and the sell per contract that can eat into your profit margins um, so for that reason I prefer the simpler approach of just a straddle or strangle less contracts less commissions um, it costs a little bit more in terms of margin but when I first started I started I had to use call spreads I had to use vertical spreads simply because that's what worked for my money management um, my money management level at that point but um, as I was able to grow uh, my portfolio and my balance I was able to eliminate the um, I was able to eliminate the the sell side of the spread and just focus on the buy side and just buy a call and buy a put, and I have to sell one on the on the opposite to uh, to offset the cost. So, but similar approach, basically betting on price movement, maintaining momentum, volatility, either direction, up or down. Um, this morning, uh, looking further down into the uh, trade book. Looking at the futures, um, still looking at corn, still looking at the euro, US dollar futures. Uh, at the current, I am back to being hedged with my uh, with my futures contracts. Um, similar to last Thursday missed opportunity this morning to uh to liquidate a couple contracts in corn um had to sit through a pullback was late in initiating my hedge so now i'm looking at a spread between my uh uh between my long and my short positions uh that just locked in um locked in a, a pretty wide loss and added to that, uh, 
the calendar relationship between the uh, between the uh, long and short positions is so that by holding them, the net exposure is negative. So it's like there's a carrying cost to holding that hedge. So, yippee. <laughs> That's on corn. Oh, uh, the euro. The euro's it's it's really r relatively flat. Um, similar concept. I uh, I entered with a trailing stop loss overnight. Um. Oh, also, last night entered with the uh, the euro, U.S. dollar futures, and the Auss Aussie dollar U.S. dollar spot forex. Entered both with a trailing stop loss. Um. Uh, the well, set the uh, set the trailing stop losses to enter the positions before going to bed. Overnight, the euro U.S. dollar futures was uh, was triggered. The Aussie U.S. dollar spot was triggered and subsequently stopped out because it just kept moving against me. Uh, the Euro U.S. dollar futures didn't. So when I woke up, position was down. I was able to initiate a hedge. Locked in a loss. Fortunately, the relationship between the long and the short positions is so that there is a carrying gain. So for holding that spread, the uh, the difference is positive and it's like earning interest for holding the spread. Not as much as I'm uh, paying on corn, so it's not an offset, but they just happen to run opposite. Um, the last derivative contract, the spread that I have, the, uh, 10-year treasury, um, that gap, I'm really interested to see how that, um, how that, that reprices with the options, because it doesn't seem like the options price are reflecting the, the change in the underlying, which is weird. Um... Maybe a market timing thing, maybe just be, maybe just because of um, the trading session that it, that it is, or maybe uh, the illiquidity of the contracts could be, um, could be lending a hand in that, but as the, uh, as the European session rolls on, or comes online and then we roll into the American session, I'm interested to see how that uh, how those contracts would reprice, as well as of course the uh, the the option spread on the SPY, uh, which is which is currently in the money, but the options again do not reflect that with their pricing, as they will not trade until New York opens in the morning. And. Uh, after the last trade in the US dollar Canadian dollar exchange rate, um, I have not initiated any other spot currency trades. I am looking at the um, 
I'm looking at the commodity complex, uh, dollar Canadian, Aussie dollar, US dollar, New Zealand dollar, US dollar, and really looking to see how I can correlate moves in those currencies with what I'm seeing in commodity markets and, or other markets. And uh, hopefully I can, I can, uh, I can develop a system to draw inferences um, across markets to be able to better, better time uh, my uh, my spot currency trades. But as it is right now, my uh, my euro U.S. dollar futures are hedged. Uh, corn futures are hedged. We've got a straddle. Nope. Scrap that. I've got a strangle on the 10-year. I've got a strangle on gold. And I've got a strangle on the SBY. So, looking forward to seeing how markets, uh, markets mature and evolve over the asian and european sessions um i usually have to get up fairly early so i typically try to get to bed fairly early so i'm interested to see by the open of london how these markets uh how these markets hold up so i'll keep everybody updated um as to uh, as to any trading decisions I make uh, going into tomorrow, and uh, on that note, if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach out to me at contact at runthenumbers.biz. That's contact at r u n t h e n u m b e r s dot b i z, and I will try to get back to you before the next episode. Or, best case scenario, I may attempt to answer your question during the next episode. On that note, happy trading everybody. When in doubt, take profits. And talk to you soon.